welcome to Late to the Party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake. What's up, Trav? Hey, I'm Travis Tate. How's it going, Jake? <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, how how are things? You know, let, let's just let's just start the show with uh, you know where where are you at? Where are things at for you? Well, I'm in my bedroom. That's where I'm at now. Uh, things are about the same as they were last time, and not not a whole lot has changed. The, Just uh, mail system still thriving. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, from what I understand, we're going to go out of business in three months, so we'll see about uh, that. Geez. See if I still have a, a job when everybody else gets back to theirs. Uh, it, but <laughs> things are so weird and maybe grim. Oh, geez. Like, do you know? It, it, you know how disappointing it was to find out, yes, there were those kind of protests. Like, I guess it shouldn't surprise <laughs> me that there were those kind of protests. I'm surprised Lake, it, just, it took that long, to be honest with you. But all the same people like, you know, like, we got to open the Baskin-Robbins kind of protest. Is, yeah. Here's the thing. I want everything to open up as much as any of those people do. I really oh, do. Yeah, certainly. However, I think... If we're not going to have mask wearing, which I'm wearing when I'm out in public, if you're not wearing a mask, because people keep looking at me because I'm wearing a mask like I'm some sort of weirdo. Well, guess what? You guys were all buying all the toilet paper and canned goods a couple weeks ago. So don't look at me like was, I'm a freak because I'm wearing a mask, mask right now. Trav. It's that people can still see the skid marks on your mask. Oh, no, it's not that kind of mask. Uh, I've got one that's oh. got the rock on it. I've got one that's got some NBA teams on it. I've got one. It's the rock from, uh, I found some classic, uh, WWE, uh, attitude era material in one of my closets. Still, still has his hair. Yeah. 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 He's got, he's, he's about he, ready, about ready to drop the he, people's elbow. Is it just, he's beefy boy, not muscle monster. Yeah. He's not super ripped. Like he was, he was oh, like, okay. uh, like he played football, not like, uh, he, you know, took all the steroids from a football team and took him off. He is, <laughs> we, we've been down that road. How it kind of. Yeah. Like the rock is ripped in a way that I worry about him. But my wife is making, you know, several masks. Like she's made dozens actually, uh, you know, for friends and family and a a few for me. So I've been wearing them, but we're going to need social distancing. We're going to need masks. We're going to need, you know, some common sense. I I, I always kind of look at it like I should assume that everyone around me has it. And I should also assume that I have it and I don't want to give it to them. If we go yeah. if we go through our day like that, we can kind of get a little bit back to normal and open some things up. Maybe not a hundred percent. Like the football season might be in in danger. Sorry, everybody, to to tell you that, but it might be. So, like huge gatherings like that probably are, are going to take a while. But as far as everyday things like going in to sit at a restaurant, that's that's something I want to do really bad. So if yeah, we can just. If we can all play nice and just get along and be a little bit responsible, we can get that stuff going. Businesses can open back up. But yeah, standing, you know, shoulder to shoulder with a bunch of other people shouting that you want things opened up isn't going to open them any faster in 12 days when everybody starts to, you know, get spikes because of these mass mass gatherings. It's just it I don't know. But I want I want it open real... too. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that there are people who don't want things open back up. They I just, think there are some. You think so? Yeah, and I don't know if it. I think some of it is subconscious. I, I, I did a bit about it. We did a, a 
a uh, live stream the other night, and I kind of called it the uh, last week of summer vacation syndrome that I think some people are going through, <laughs> where they're like, I don't want it to end. I want to stay home. I mean, I, I will admit that I am in a weird place of uh, I am afraid. I am simultaneously. I, I forgot if I told you this week. I am simultaneously uh, afraid not to go to work, but also afraid to go to work of just. Well, yeah, that's the, because, you know, this is I'm entering my fourth, fourth uh, week of being home. And <laughs> it's it, it similarly, it is something that I am both used to and don't think I will ever get used to. I think anybody that has common sense is aware of the ramifications of too many people getting sick and also too many people not being able to work. So there's got to be a fine line where we can, you know, glide through those two and try to make everybody's life just a little bit better, but we got to be responsible about it. It's yeah. The, it, it's frustrating when people are like, just open it all up. It's a hoax. Well, yeah, I don't know who you've been listening to, but it's not a hoax. But at the same it's time, just, the, the, we can't open anything up until everything is, until the, the virus is completely gone. That's also not realistic because it's not going to just disappear unless we have a vaccine, which everybody keeps saying is at least 12 to you know 18 months away. So we are going to have to figure out how to safely navigate our lives in a normal manner. And if we can all just take a little responsibility, wear a mask, yeah, it looks silly, but you know what? It's better than wearing a, a ventilator mask. It's better than wearing a coffin. <laughs> it's it's very frustrating to have spent all this time at home and feel like because thin-skinned dickheads can't just do the one. It's just, it's frustrating this way of I get I get know, be, the, people being desperate same, too though. You know, I understand that. The same crowd that. that talks about, you know, that we're too soft on the kids these days. All they had to do was stay home. <laughs> and all they had you to know do what? was For stay home. A lot of them probably did. But I get the desperation behind the, you know, the the protests. I get I get the frustration behind it. Just the action that they actually did it the way they did it is irresponsible. So, you know, I kind of like oh, yeah. va vacillate I, back and forth. I harbor my own frustrations with all of this, but mm -hmm. it's what need it's what need to be done. Right. You know, past past generations made some pretty heavy sacrifices that <clears throat> don't quite Oh, you mean the greatest to, generation? Don't quite measure up to I I couldn't go to the bath. And, and it's not even like It's not even it's not even you can't like you can order in you can order yeah. in stuff you can order in all the stuff you want you just can't sit in the building where they make it yeah it's a it's a weird deal i mean we've we've just gotta if you face the fact that okay you might have to wear a mask for a year when you're in public if you can get over that then maybe things will get back to normal a little quicker because it's not going to guarantee that nobody's going to get sick if we're all wearing masks but it's definitely going to cut down on it I don't know. It's just the whole, I ain't going to wear no mask. Well, the, do you really want everything to go back to normal or not? I don't know. I'm tired of talking about COVID. How about you? It's They want they want things to go back to normal, but they don't want to be inconvenienced by it at all. Which isn't realistic. It's just not. I don't know. Maybe if it was like gastrointestinal, you know, gastrointestinal in nature, maybe, <laughs> maybe it would change people's attitudes. 
<laughs> if you went out and immediately had to go running back to the toilet because you caught it. If you're saying like if COVID were, you know, purely diarrhea based. Yeah. I mean, everybody would be like, yeah, I'm going to stay home because I don't want to deal with that. It's just the fact I think most people are like, well, maybe I'm, you know, asymptomatic. I can't even talk. Maybe I'm not going to get sick from it. So I don't know. I've still you're, got the, I've sure still got the, eh, I'm probably not going to get sick in my head, but I'm also worried that I will. So I don't know. I think we all have dual thoughts going on in our head and that's, that's a grown up thing. If you, if you think one way is the right way, you're probably not very smart. Uh, the, the only dueling going on in my thoughts is strictly banjo based. <laughs> Let's get to some fun stuff. Do you want to do you want to talk about true outrage, Travis? Okay. I, I want to talk about uh, about Hairgate. Hairgate. When you signed up for Disney Plus, did you read the fine print where apparently we're getting like a 1990s ABC uh, edited for television stuff? I mean, that's kind of what I assumed. I just assumed, which is funny because uh, uh, Disney is suing a local Utah company here for editing their mm-hmm. movies and now they're doing the same thing on their own format but i, I kind of figured things would be edited out what the, the, don't use them disney has a deep enough catalog if you if they're not okay with certain things in movie, don't use it well also you have hulu throw it on hulu if you have to edit the, something out just don't put it on there put it on hulu and please understand, I am not like chomping at the bit to see Daryl Hannah's ass. I mean, now, now I am. I wasn't two days ago, but I am but now. The idea of I just watched you know, where, Kill Bill. Where does this stuff go? Where? What is the? Uh, what is the endpoint of this sort of? You know, because because we've talked about Disney is in the business of owning everything. If I you remember know, the scene, have you seen the scene? Yeah, she just turns. I vaguely remember she's on the beach, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's not like it's a sexual thing or anything. It's just no. She whole, she just the, tra- changed from uh, mermaid to human, the, right? Yeah. The point behind the scene is she she doesn't even really understand that she's naked. Right. Yeah, it's not a big deal, but you know, whatever. It's their movie; they own it now. Whatever. I think it's silly to to edit that out. Yeah, it's. Uh, Again, what is the end point? Where is it that they, you know, what what movie do you really love that they, you know, like, hey, look, they own planes, trains, and automobiles, and they they take out the uh, the great scene with uh, Edie McC- you know, McClure. The, yeah, <laughs> that's her name, right, Edie? Good I, old Edie. That certainly could be the case, but but they'll take that out. Like, think about think about beloved movies, and they, you know, that stuff was PG at some point, right? And even at that, like Disney is a huge purveyor of PG thirteen movies, which these <laughs> would still qualify for. Yeah, so, so so they gave her like a hairy butt. Is that what it was? They put a bunch of hair they there. Made her, they made her hair way longer, and obviously, oh, you know, it, it's up okay. there with it's up there with Cavill mustache. Okay, so they just made the hair drape down longer than it really was. Yeah. Okay, I thought they gave her like a Captain Caveman underpants or something. <laughs> no, no, that would no, be better. They, just, they should have they just, just gone super ridiculous with it. They should have just done nothing. Just with give it. her some seashells. 
you know yeah they should have just left it alone who who also if you're what kid was gonna watch splash yeah if you're someone at home (laughs) who's like oh let's have a you know if you're someone like i just oh it 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 wraps me up of don't don't take this stuff out (laughs) don't take the objectionable stuff out i can't get my kids that are like adult age to watch like the good the bad and the ugly with me an actual classic let alone one of tom hanks's regrettable movies think about the think about what the have you watched splash version of have i i've seen it before i did they leave in the part where uh uh john candy would wear mirrors on his shoes so he could see up women's uh dresses because i know that was in there did they edit that out probably not (laughs) i mean you know like (laughs) No, I'm sure they didn't, because that's a good goof that you don't actually see a person's trap. Hold on, trap. You don't see their bummy, bummy bum bums. I remember seeing a National Enquirer when I was a kid, and it it was saying that Fred Savage was a pervert. This is when he was on the Wonder Years, and that he was wearing mirrors <laughs> on his shoes to, to see Winnie Cooper's Winnie Cooper. I don't know. I, I that always stuck with me. Like I always thought. Good game, Fred Savage. <laughs> like, I never believed it was true, and that never occurred to me that you could do that until I read that headline. I was like, wait a minute, people do things like that? Why would... <laughs> you know, um, the, I will say entertainment was... Entertainment had you believing that guys did some really weird, skeezy stuff. Oh, but, that, that was, but that some was guys norm. did. <laughs> That's the thing. Some guys really did. I mean just in the last few years we've been finding out things that modern day people were doing but people did weird stuff back then too i can't remember what i was watching the other day but there was some goof on i think it might have been letter candy that i was watching and they there was some joke about that there were no no it was okay no it was just an internet video that i was watching and uh what the, someone asked him like what was your what what what's the superpower you want he's like look it was, I made this password when I was really young. Yes, I wanted invisibility so I could go <laughs> in the girls' locker room. But it was, I left my homework in there. I wasn't going to look. I was going to cover my eyes. I just didn't want them to see, you know, so. I don't know. As but somebody like, who accidentally walked into a girl's locker room uh, while they were showering once, it kind of makes you feel bad. So <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my fault. They weren't supposed to be there. It's it's just, but it's stuff like like Revenge of the Nerds or Teen Wolf where it's like oh no the, these people committed sex crimes and they're supposed to be the heroes yeah 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 for sure I mean but you watch that stuff and it is like uh, I, I mean I never did stuff like that so I'm not exactly in the mood to defend that it was in those movies <laughs> they I just, but I, but it's there it, I mean it's it's troubling because like I I grew up thinking. Oh yeah, this is way. Look, they didn't like the nerds, so it's totally fine that they took a picture of her. That they they took pictures of you in the shower that none of you knew about. But you were mean to the nerds, so it's totally okay that they sell pies with a naked picture of you at the bottom of it. <laughs> yeah, it's not okay. Like that, don't they, do that, kids. A good, it's a good goof. She was mean to him. She did like. I like pie as much as anybody. <laughs> that was something that I I kind of grew up with that attitude. Like, no, that's that's not a good attitude to have yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean, incels. Yeah. They were the original incels. Right. But yeah, Splash. But, splash. But just back to that, it's, like, it's just, if, if, it, if it's a PG movie that has objectionable content and you feel the need of like, oh, 
this shouldn't be on Disney Plus in this form. That's your answer. It shouldn't be on your service. Don't go mucking around because that then that becomes then you get into Han shot first territory of like, what are we going to start doing? Like, again, where is the what's the the it, are there any rules? Is it, is it just a matter of like, ah, we didn't we didn't really feel good about this part of the movie. So we took it. Out. We, we didn't feel like this character in their soul would make this decision. So we digitally <laughs> changed it. So they they more fit the Disney brand. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, they're going to do it. <laughs> we might as well just deal with it. It's it's no, their stuff. No, no I mean, no, I'm not. Just I mean, you can, like, ah, they're going to do it, so let them go. You can cancel your subscription. What else are you going to do? I I'm pretty sure I'm going to because I'm just not really. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, oh, the uh, new episodes know, the, of Clone Wars are really good. You should probably the, check those out first. The initial reservations that I had about Disney back when I used to back when I had uh, standards and I was saying that I didn't want any part of it. Like, turns out maybe maybe I had something on the ball with that. I don't know. I th- I don't think that's a draw line in the sand uh, thing for me that they they covered up Daryl Hannah's butt. Hey man, I like, think it's uh, silly you know, and it's stupid that they did it, but at the same time. I'm not upset. Like we whatever. were silent when we were silent when they came for "Don't hug with the babysitter." Like, like I said, man, Disney buying up everything, and <laughs> you know, again, again, the same generation that told us that they were, the kids are soft these days. The ones like, oh, who cares? I didn't want to see her bummy anyway. Well, yeah, everybody's yeah, Travis, hypocritical. You're that generation. That's like what that. I'm saying. Yeah, it is what it is. Whatever. I don't let them change whatever they want. I say the nay, Trav. I'm still waiting for them to edit that kiss between Luke and Leia. Like, that's where... Edit that thing. Of all the times that George Lucas edited Star Wars. And he kept that in there. No, it's 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 creepy. It's not fine. It's fine. It's gross. They didn't know. Oh, they should have known. It's still gross. (laughs) And the fact that they never referenced it later, like, (laughs) oh. What? What you need that you need closure on that? No, Han should have like held that over her head. <laughs> Maybe that's why they eventually like broke up. I later. don't think I. Do, I was gonna say I don't think that Han is gonna get in a relationship with Leia if he's constantly like, you know, you kissed him, right? How could Did you not? N- how good? could you not think of that every time you went to kiss her? Like, oh, she did kissed her brother. Of, were you thinking about his horn when you did it? <laughs> like, no, he priorities, Disney priorities. Again, also, again, it's one of those things of, hey, George Lucas wants you to believe that he was really planning it the whole time. He's go- He is not going to go back and fit and reference that ever again because he wants to pretend <laughs> he didn't. It didn't exist. If he fixes it, then he acknowledges that he didn't have the roadmap the whole time. Yeah, that's my proof to me that he didn't have the idea the whole time because all this. Well, he had nine books written out or blah blah blah. Whatever. No. If he didn't know that he was going to make Luke and Leia brother and sister, because he wanted a love triangle there, and then for whatever reason, he he should have made I don't know I don't know, he should have just not made them <laughs> siblings. That's it. Just not make them siblings. They could still be really good friends. <laughs> they could still be really good friends. But instead, they're brother and sister with benefits. It's, it's messed up. I'm pretty sure that somewhere out there they may have kind of. I mean, I, honestly, Travis, if you had un, unwittingly kissed a sibling, 
would you at some point confront them and say, we need to talk about this? Or would I would cut my tongue out, first of all. <laughs> Travis, and gouge my eyes. You would not have your you would not have your stand up career. You would really that's fine. You would really be cutting off your nose to spite your face on that one. I baby. currently don't have a stand up career anyway. So. <laughs> I don't know, Trav. I definitely saw a gig the other night. Uh, those are and, those and are those say, are a Travis, little slice of hell. Let me say, Travis, it was popping. It was popping. Uh, the word the word we poppin'. kept getting on there was cracking, and I was like, maybe it's not bad audio. Maybe they're English, and they just are telling us we're doing a good job. Yeah, it's it, cracking. I'm afraid there was there was definitely a pop. Yeah, yeah. It's probably uh, for the best. What? Nobody's perfect. Well, we hey, had all man, the equipment like, set up at one point, and we had it going pretty good. Then they'd put the stay-at-home order in, and we're like, eh, we should probably not uh, push our luck. Do you, so I, I, I have to We've got to work out the kinks. I have to assume that you're going to be planning on doing some more of those? Yeah, I think we're going to do one on Saturday. Has there been, is there been any sort of discussion of like, we kind of, you know, there's not going to be an audience. We have to kind of figure out what that ends up. Cause it, it, do you feel like, well, stand up can't be the same for now. We have to figure out some way that this works without an audience. Uh, I don't think there's only one way stand up works and that's with an audience. Just yeah. telling jokes with no reaction. It, the energy's off. It doesn't feel right. It feels uh, pardon me for using this word, but it feels masturbatory. <laughs> Honestly, uh, that's what it feels like. Like you're just, you're just going through the motions cause you're bored. I'm Travis. I'm so sorry. Uh, Disney's on the line with me. You need oh, to cut that word out. So, sorry, Disney. So could you, could you get a timestamp? Cause, uh, Winkabatory. Is that better? Yeah. The mouse is groused. I think that <laughs> that works, right? Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's not the same. And then I always end up yelling at my friends in the middle of my set for not laughing. Like I laughed for your <laughs> stupid stuff. I pretended I faked it. Why don't you fake it for me? Mm, yeah. it's, it's one of those things that, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of something to compare it to. I be it music or games or something like that, that, you know, when they, a lot of times when, you know, there's some, impediment like that it's like upon them to like well we have to figure out what's the way we do this now well so music you can just play the song comedy is about timing so it's the timing is the interaction the amount of time you wait before you hit that punchline to let the energy go through the crowd you get that feel and then you know when to hit the punchline when there's nobody there it's just like all right i'm just saying words hopefully somebody somewhere's laughing uh, having seen some of the, the quote-unquote live sets that have been going on, th- there is something very much lost not having a crowd there. For uh, I don't oh, know yeah. if you saw a puddle of mud rendition of a Nirvana song. That's <laughs> I, great. I, oddly enough, I missed that. No. P O D or puddle of mud. P O M. Puddle of mud. Palm. I can't even remember what songs they sang. They neither, they kind of blend in with I, like Hoobastank, I think. When I first saw Puddle of Mud, I and and saw the like uh, teaser for the video, I was like, "Hey, they're not even in the makeup." I was like, "No, that's Mudvayne that you're thinking of." I'm <laughs> yeah. like, oh, these guys, these guys aren't good enough to even like be. They, they didn't go for it. Yeah, they were. Say tr- what you will about Mudvayne, and I will definitely say that they are a trash band. They at least really, 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 <laughs> really, really went for it. They went for the gimmick. Yeah. Ah, well. 
Let's hit just a really quickly a couple of news notes, and then we'll get into oh, okay. some other just just because they're you know a little time sensitive or whatever. Uh, okay. What well, do I don't know. Maybe not. So, like uh, Batman got moved to October first, twenty twenty one. We want to make sure we hit that before October twenty twenty one, right? We should probably mention that. So basically, Batman's <laughs> going to be out for uh, Halloween. People are excited about that. You can go see Batman on the, on Halloween. I don't know. Wonder Sounds where uh, production is on those Halloween movies. The on the Halloween movies or on the Batman movies? No, on the Halloween. Just because uh, they've been going to, you know, they're going forward with more of those. The oh, I don't know. Sort of continuing the most recent ones, but uh, I, the assumption is just everything's super backed up. I guess. Yeah, Batman moved. I think from June next year to October. I guess that's I don't a know. Weird. That's a bit of a weird bump. Like three months. Yeah, it doesn't seem like three it's, months considering we don't know where things are going to be a year from now is kind of like something else. Bump. Something else big must have been moved to that spot mm. to where they did, or maybe uh, Warner Brothers is planning on putting something there. I don't know. Maybe a uh, Harry Potter or something like that. Not, not Harry Potter, but you know the the beasts, Fantastic Beasts or something. I don't know what else are they making. Warner Brothers, what else are you making? Do they do they have do they have do they have Despicable Me? Is it Despicable Me Twelve? There is a there is another Despicable Me. Oh, why? I did see a preview. Why? I am so I burnt know. out on animated movies. I don't think I've ever hand drawn or nothing. I don't know if I've ever actually seen a Despicable Me. I saw the first one. It was all right. It wasn't like five movies good. <laughs> oh, but the the minions are uh, the minions cultural. are. The minions are basically if COVID came to life. That's the that's the minions, in my opinion. I, I can agree to those terms. <laughs> They're the 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 embodiment of COVID. Not a Stupid you know not minions. a fan myself. So we got that. That's moving. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård is going to join the cast of the Cassie and Andor show on Disney Plus, which you're going to cancel, so you won't see it. Uh, they're going to cover his butt with Daryl Hannah's hair. What's Cassian Andor? Uh, the uh, Rogue One. It's going to be like a prequel to Rogue One. You know, Cassian is the making, is the pilot. We're making a we're making a prequel to the prequel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they announced that a few months ago, I think. And Stellan Skarsgård, he was naked in one of the Thor movies, I believe. You saw his butt. That's why I made that reference about Daryl Hannah's that must hair. Must have been the, <laughs> that must have been the second one. I think it might have been. Because he had gone Still crazy. Still seen Dark World. Yeah, he had gone a little <laughs> loopy. Yeah, I think it was Dark World, actually. Uh, another thing, Ryan Reynolds is supposedly going to be playing Dirk the Daring in a Dragon's Lair movie. Yeah. He's a good choice okay. for that. Who's going to be... Who, what was the pr- the princess's name? Uh, I don't remember. I can't remember princess. either. All I know princess, is princess uh, inappropriately drawn. Yeah, that's what I remember about Dragon's Lair when they had the video Dragon's game in Lair the arcades. Space Ace, well, it was uh, what was it? Um, it was like Don Bluth stuff, which yeah, you know, Don Don Bluth kind of was unnecessarily horny. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a hot looking uh, video game character though. I remember you'd always kind of peek over like, oh, Dragon's Lair, what's up, princess? Well, it's like. It's like saying, like, yeah, Ryan Reynolds is good for Dirk the Daring. Like, what what do you need to be Dirk the Daring? Uh, a chin? He doesn't, he a doesn't chin. talk a... in the... It's a nonverbal character. 
Oh, he's going to be so very that, sarcastic, that though. Kind of, that kind of immediately disqualifies Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> no, he's going to talk. He's going to be sarcastic. He's going to be Ryan Reynolds, just like he always is. He's saying, oh, what? Is this a dragon? Like, hey, they got to save the princess from the castle again, right? <laughs> Well, that's kind of the the newsy type stuff I I I had written down. Let's yeah, let's talk about goes. Yeah, as far as that goes, I guess I mean it's just like I guess okay. Dragon's Lair in and of itself is you know it, it, it's kind of a movie. It's like a if you play it right, it's like a you know like half hour, twenty minute thing maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be see interesting to see what they do with it. It's an untapped. Thing Although that there they is can... also Dragon's Lair to the Time Warp. <laughs> is that a real thing? Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. I did not know that. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, last night. Knowledge. Last night I saw Charlie's Angels. So how how is that? That's it's the 2019 Charlie's Angels. I do not. I don't know that I would go too far out of my way to see, but I I I, I feel like I could sit down and enjoy. It was fun. It kind of tied yeah. the classic series and the uh, the early 2000s movies all together like it was one congruent story. Even really? Though just just it, it would show like uh, flashbacks, like Patrick Stewart is the original Bosley. By the way, Bosley is a uh, – it's like a rank in the, the Townsend Agency. It's like so there's, there's like dozens that. of Bosleys. It's like a lieutenant is what they say in the movie. But I guess okay, uh, I, I the original Bosley is Patrick Stewart. So he he worked with like the Jacqueline Smith and uh, Farrah Fawcett's. And then he also worked with Cameron Diaz and Lucy Liu and Drew, Drew Barrymore. So he's kind of been there the whole time. And now it's like this big organ. It's, it's basically a spy agency where they've got uh, angels all over the world doing all sorts of spy things. It's fun. I mean... A lot of people were bagging on it uh, because it's it it and it is it's it's pretty anti man <laughs> in that every man in the movie is a bad guy or really dumb. That's pretty much it. But that didn't bother me a ton. If if that kind of stuff bothers you, definitely don't watch it. But it didn't bother me much. I thought it was fun. It's got some good spy action in it. It's got some twists and turns. It actually tricked me a little. You, you think somebody's bad and then somebody else is bad. And it's like, you know, kind of spy ins and outs of, you know, trying to get you to figure out who the bad guy is. But like I said, good action. Uh, Kristen Stewart actually has a personality in it, which is pretty cool. She always <laughs> seems to play the, uh, you know, the, the put upon or, uh, you know, on her last straw type character where she just kind of mopes around a lot, but she's actually really funny in this. She's got, uh, some, you know, a lot of good funny lines and stuff. She's got good action and stuff like that. The, uh, the woman that played, uh, Jasmine in the, the new Aladdin movie, I can't remember what her name is. She reminds me of Sarah Michelle Geller a lot. I noticed watching this movie, just her mannerisms and the way she delivers lines it was kind of like Buffy the Vampire Slayer Sarah Michelle Gellar it was interesting I I never noticed that when I was watching Aladdin but no good acting it's a good movie I know I know that uh it was it was Elizabeth was it Elizabeth Perkins that directed it is that her name oh I don't know 
I get Elizabeth's mixed up in my head. Anyway, uh, I think that's question. who it. No, Elizabeth Banks. That's who it is. Elizabeth Banks. Oh, she she directed Banksy, it. She's huh? in it, and she's good. But you know, it's fun. Go rent it on Redbox. I wouldn't pay twenty dollars for it, <laughs> but it's all, all right. right. I, <laughs> we talk about that. That's how they, yeah, twenty bucks so I can <laughs> spend two days watching this thing. Yeah, we watched. We know, got it for like a buck fifty at Redbox. So, <laughs> yeah, good but on you. Patrick Stewart's in it. Uh, Patrick Stewart, like I've never seen him before. I was actually like, I was like, oh, I, I think I'm getting some of that Shakespearean Patrick Stewart stuff in here. It was actually pretty yeah, interesting to see. Yeah, he huh. he is okay. It's kind of like a fun, goofy movie outside of him. He shows some real depth of character, and uh, I don't want to give too much away, but it, there's a side of Patrick Stewart you don't really get to see very much, and almost Are a little, almost a little. It? A little scary. Travis, what are you saying that if this were on Disney Plus, they would have to do like longer uh, Dune style hair on Patrick Stewart? Oh no, no, you don't get to see him nude or anything like. No, I'm saying his his personality. Oh, it's a right. it's a, an actual personality <laughs> side of Patrick Stewart. You don't get to see as Jean Luc Picard or Professor Xavier or what have you. They had a bunch of production shots from that new Dune come out recently. I, I. I I've never seen Dune, so I don't know if I've I seen excited or not. I've seen bits and pieces of the classic Dune, but for when I was a kid, I don't know, was it like three hours long, four hours long? It was always too long for me. And um, I, I bought it on DVD. I saw it for like five dollars in like a Walmart bin one time and I bought it and I still haven't watched it. Uh Dune is up there with like uh Blade Runner of things that I probably should be into. Mm-hmm. It was before Trimmers, right? What, I know Dune? the book was, oh, but yeah. but yeah, the Dune movie is way Dune is, I, I believe, quite a bit before Tremors. A young Kyle McLaughlin, yes, Gordon so. Sumner, also known as Sting, Sting, Sting <laughs> yeah. the wrestler or the singer. It's the singer. Oh my God! I wish it. I wish it were uh, the Crow Sting. <laughs> that would be interesting. Uh, oh, have you ever have you ever seen that uh, that little clip that video? Uh, I've seen a GIF of. Uh, Sting sitting on like a sofa. It's one of the one of those nights he's in the crow makeup, and you know someone is just recording with a phone or something. Him just sitting on a sofa up above the, you know, no. up in the lights and stuff. It's just it's so funny because yeah, I guess just he chilling. has to just sit up there and wait. He had a good so he good gig for a while, you know. If you're not afraid of heights, all he had to do was stand up there and point a bat down at the NWO, and he'd get a huge pop. And that's all he had to do for that week. Did he do that? Yeah, tell us. You know, I wasn't watching that that era. I just, uh, I just know I hear you know just the concept of the vigilante sting always with the crow makeup <laughs> always seemed pretty. Because all I ever knew him was the you know the Malibu kind of. That's my favorite sting. Ultimate warrior boy. I'm in the minority with that, but that was my favorite sting. So his turn as the crow always seemed really silly to me. Well, yeah, I just kept going. When come on, get with the blonde hair again. Yo, woo. Did they ever just did they ever just outright admit he's the crow? No, I don't think they ever actually called him Crow Sting. That's just kind of what fans did. But that did, but it, that's what he is. He's wearing like practically wearing the costume of and definitely riffing the makeup of the crow. Oh yeah, for sure. And and it was only like, I don't know, a few years old at that point. It was late 90s. The crow came out in what like 95. It was only a few years oh, ago, a few years old. Did you catch any of WrestleMania? 
No, no, no. You know, I didn't. I haven't seen any of that. I, how did that strike you? The two night event. It it was kind of like doing the the live stand up for live streams. It was. It it needs the energy of the crowd, and they did a great job. Really, they did. They really for of, for what they had to work with. They did a good job. It was a two night event. And they did uh, each night. They did kind of a theatrical match, which was kind of cool. Uh, yeah, so, uh, that was one of I think one of the things that I did hear about it coming out of it, and that's why I was thinking about with the standup. I don't, I obviously I don't know what the answer is for that, but uh, some of the feedback that I heard coming out of that is the the more cinematic things that they did that that you couldn't do with a live audience was pretty cool. Yeah, but it was when they were doing the stuff that was supposed to have an audience but didn't that it. It was a little on the cringy side. Which is the time to do it because, I mean, they would do stuff like behind the scenes and show it on the Jumbotron when there's a live crowd there. And that's got to suck if you're sitting in the crowd. Like, this was clearly filmed a week ago. And now we paid money to sit here and watch it on on a screen. But this is the time to do stuff like that. They did a, uh, a match with The Undertaker versus AJ Styles in a Boneyard match. And it was very cinematic. It had music behind it. It, uh, you know, had special effects and lighting and stuff. It took them like eight hours to film it, but that was actually really fun to, to watch. It had, uh, Undertaker rolling up on his motorcycle to a Metallica song and it was just, yeah, it was they, fun. I think I also, uh, had read someone saying that it, it was like, it was like this forced the WWE to kind of realize what was great about the final deletion. Yeah, a little bit, to be honest with you. And they've got a guy working for him. Matt Hardy just left, who who did it. But there was another guy that helped film it. His name's Jeremy Borash, a little inside. He worked for TNA at the time. But I think he helped out with, with those as well. So he's got a little bit of the produ- production uh, stuff going on. But they also did another match. It was John Cena versus Bray Wyatt in a fire how hi- or firefly funhouse match oh I and it was you were gonna say a fire hydrant match. no i was like i don't know what that is but i'm on board <laughs> it was basically john cena gets pulled into this imaginary match with bray wyatt where bray wyatt's messing with his head it was like a trip almost where john cena keeps getting pulled into these past versions of john cena and he has to recreate it the, the, it's the very funny. Of thugonomics come back. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh boy. And then the original <laughs> ruthless aggression, John Cena. He's wearing the little tights, and then they even did an NWO thing. I don't know why they did that, but it was still it was still kind of fun. So it was him getting pulled into all. There was really no actual wrestling action. The fiend put one move on him and uh, kind of put him out. It was the mandible claw. And then the match was over, but it was like 10, 15 minutes long and it was funny to watch. We were laughing the whole time. And then they did so another then, match where it was Edge versus Randy Orton. And that was a Falls Count Anywhere match. And that's another perfect match to do where there's no crowd because it just, they're going through the entire building, hitting each other with chairs and jumping off of semi trucks and stuff like that. So that that was another cool thing to watch. But the, the regular matches. It was hard to watch, to be honest with you. And, and yeah. they did their best. They really did. They probably should have just postponed it. <laughs> but then again, yeah. it might have been postponed for a year. So maybe just going ahead and getting it done was the right move. I don't know. So but it was do you fun. feel like when things calm down, do you just go back to crowds business as usual? Do they 
I don't think do you're going to want to try to plan, figure out a way that this more cinematic stuff can be, it can be more of a part of it or that's what they should do for the weekly stuff. To be honest with you, they, they should do more of that. I don't think crowds for something like that are going to come all the way back. I think what, what might happen even for NFL, if a stadium holds 80,000 people, they might sell 20,000 tickets and make sure that people are spread out. You know what I mean? You know, cause uh, I, that's I've the best you some, can do. I've heard sometimes people, you know, some people say things like one of the problems with trying to keep up with wrestling. And it, this is maybe something that could, you know, I've experienced with trying to be a fan of comics is there's just too much of it. Like it, there really is it a lot. Be, trying to keep up on it is way too much. I mean, with comics, it's definitely that like, if you really want to keep up on it, it is a huge financial burden, but it is also a gigantic time sink to try to keep up with, with what's going on. Right. And it's just cause they're trying to get as many eyeballs as they can. Why is there well, I, five different version of Spider-Man? Because some kid might find one of those five versions and get into it and buy 10 copies. You know I what know, I mean? I, I, I just assume it's cause, uh, cause Spider-Man and Wolverine sells. So just try to, you know, like, you know, there's a reason there's not a, a, I don't know, an Invisible Woman book going on all the time. <laughs> that would that's be a fun to, book. That's not to cut. No, they they do that. that is they one never of the things. just they never actually best. draw her. Just draw everybody else's reactions to her <laughs> being invisible in the room. <laughs> one of the best books I ever read was Matt Fraction's Hawkeye Run, and Hawkeye. You know, uh, Jeremy Renner Hawkeye is one of the things that gets made the most fun of in those movies oh. if he's just useless. I thought you were talking about Alan Alda. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Hawkeye Pierce. Exactly. <laughs> no, but it, I'm sure there have been it, there. I'm sure there have been great runs for just about any character in Marvel, DC, what have you, that it's you just have to find a writer who's devoted enough to it to find the the right thing. And sometimes they dip their toes in, you know, sometimes they dip their toes in things and it doesn't like Spider-Man's had some terrible runs that were very successful. Yeah. Whereas some of the other, some other great uh, stories were made for lesser knowns that just never really popped off. But I noticed. Those, something. I, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just <laughs> going to bring it back. Like, like, you know, there, there are wrestling storylines or, or jobbers or what have <laughs> you that are amazing that they just they don't have time and space for everyone to be a superstar so there are people who are great that you really believe in that just never are really given the the you know the they're never put over is that right. is that the terminology sometimes they just miss the boat like a couple years ago there was a wrestler named Rusev he actually just got released like a couple days ago but he was when he first came up to like WWE he was undefeated he was uh he was kind of the evil Russian character and yeah, uh, he was, I've he was defeating that. everybody, but they kind of made it, turned him into a good guy. And he had this gimmick where he would say, it's Rusev day, happy Rusev day. So every day was Rusev day. So the whole crowd would crowd would just start chanting Rusev day, Rusev. Day. Like everybody was on board with it. It was silly and fun, but they never put the belt on him. Like people wanted him to have the belt. He never did get it. They just kind of yeah, they just kind of beat him down and beat him down and beat him down until nobody cared anymore. That's, that's a missed opportunity. Things, that's one of those things uh, that I understand of wrestling it, that has only gotten worse as time goes on. In that, 
if you're not wearing the belt, you just don't matter. It depends on like the Undertaker doesn't need the belt, and he's 55, and he still matters. Did the Did the Undertaker ever have the belt? Oh yeah, he's had the belt several times. I mean, he's know, been that, a several time world champion. But there's a that I assume I make the assumption that there are a lot of great guys out there who just never get that that push, especially in eras when like John Cena has the belt forever. Right. Yeah, or I mean, the, he was the money guy though. He was. I mean, he is one of the best. It's hard to it's hard to say because I was young and just kind of into it at the time. So I I don't know if it was similar like during Hogan era of there were guys that were just like, look, man, I I can't really gain any traction because all you got is a old Terry won't give it up for anybody. Yeah, but they they kind of were like the Intercontinental Champion type guys, like your Bret Hart, your Shawn Michaels, Mister Perfect, even the Ultimate Warrior for a while, Macho I mean, Man for so a while. Like, oh, okay, so like. Uh, Jake Roberts never had the belt, did he? No, he never did. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't but know. he was still a huge star. Sold a lot of t-shirts. Again, like, I don't I don't follow the stuff nearly as well as you. I'm, I'm kind of literate in it, but I don't follow it super well. Right. These are just things like from, uh, you know, occasional shows that I listen to people that are into it. And one, of, yeah, Just like I said, one of the things that I've heard before is they said that they something that would maybe help is if they made – not having you know made not having the belt uh, a way to notoriety yeah i mean if if you can come up with a good feud that's that's part of it something that yeah. people care about that's why you see the same feuds over and over again you know somebody sold somebody's pet or somebody stole somebody's girlfriend or <laughs> you know what i mean you do see the same feuds over and over again somebody stabbed who, somebody else in the back who will be brave enough to do pepper part two pepper you just date pepper <laughs> i wanted to talk to you so, to, uh, something about that i saw in the charlie's angels movie and oh okay you, you see this it's kind of a trope that happens a lot in movies uh, there's a scene where uh you know they all just kind of got their butts kicked really by the bad guys uh literally bad guys in this movie they're all men and uh <laughs> you know they're going back to to regroup so they, they have safe houses all over the world. And, you know, they all take a showers, you know, they're, they're in their pajamas, you know, the, the uh, like, short jerseys and then the long tube socks. They're all sporting that or they're wearing, like, a sweater. You know, they do okay. that in movies. It's it's the comfy, yeah, I, I comfy women. In, I, I sleep in that garb all the time. Well, that's my point. It's comfy women uh, wearing, like, you know, just that, that long T-shirt that barely covers the underwear and the tube socks. What if men did that, like had sleepovers, <laughs> and we walked around like Donald Duck? That would be, that would be funny. I want to see that we in a movie. Could. I want to see a scene where all the guys are sitting there, like they're watching the game. They're all clinking beers. They got beers in one hand. They got chicken wings in the other. And then the the camera kind of pulls back a little, and none of them are wearing pants. <laughs> that is the. The not so secret thing is that girl sleepovers way better than guy ones ever were. <laughs> That's true, but I never walked around at my friend's house without pants. You would at least oh, wear wow. like bike, you know, like uh, basketball shorts or something like that. I don't know. I just thought that was funny. I was watching it, going, "How come we don't do that? We should do that. We should have sleepovers <laughs> where we're just Travis, barely covering our genitals." Once, once society comes back, we're gonna have our pants off, dance off sleepovers. <laughs> It seems fun. Sure. I mean, they're definitely having a good time. They seem sure. free, and they don't have a care in the world. 
even though even though they probably should have because you know it was like the world depended on whether they they stopped the bad guys or not anyway speaking of uh patrick stewart i finished picard it was on uh, cbs all access it is really really good like my wife is not super into star trek but she watched picard because she likes patrick stewart and she loved it 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 really brings in this new crew it, and it, the thing is, it actually makes Picard like he's made some mistakes since the movies ended with relationships and how he treated people. And, you know, he, he tried to make this big public stand about something he believed in. And he, although he did it for the right reasons, he did the wrong thing. And it had a lot of consequences to it. And it's really interesting to watch all of that unfold and how he has to try and patch things back together with people that are in his new crew. It it brings in characters from the classic series and you get to see them interacting. Not the not the classic series, but the next generation series is what yeah. I mean. <laughs> not getting Shatner back. <laughs> yeah, it didn't bring back Shatner. Shat- generations part two (laughs) but you get some data in there in these kind of flashback type scenes you get um (laughs) this time when he dies instead of oh my it's oh geez yeah you don't see Worf, but i think one of the reasons they didn't bring Worf back is because the current incarnation of in uh star trek discovery uh the the klingons are like really vicious looking (laughs) You know, yeah. you know how they kind well, of changed them for the new movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're yeah. kind of along that vein. So Worf would almost look like, you know, a preschool version of a Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you get a lot of the the old characters coming in, and the story's really good. What they did with it, I I, I was super happy with it. It's like ten episodes, and it. So is that is it really data? It's data in Picard's memories. Oh, okay. More or less. And you see a human version of uh, the guy that built Data. It's like his son or something like that. And it's played by uh, uh, Brent Spiner. So he's in there quite a bit. And then you, How's you, Brent Spiner doing these days? I mean, he looks he looks basically like he did in Independence Day. He looks almost I exactly the same. Because he, he comes back in the second Independence Day, doesn't he? I never saw the second one. I have no idea. I forgot, honestly, until you just said that, I forgot they made a sequel to Independence Day. Yes. (laughs) I really forgot. Is that resurgence, insurgence? I don't know. Insurance? Honestly, I think I saw the trailer and went, eh. (laughs) And I I just put it out of my mind. I could totally watch that movie. My son probably bought it. I could probably watch it too. Should oh. we should we try and watch that for next I week? I, I don't know, Travis. That's a big commitment. Of all the things I could be doing, do I really want to watch the second Independence Day? <laughs> That's true. I I can't think of a I can't really think of of I can't think of anything that I had heard about that movie. I mean, it's just like it's really unnecessary. I don't even remember who's in it. Who's in it? Some it's isn't it Will Smith's no, son, the character in it? I don't even remember who's in it. Yeah, yeah, I think that is the character is his, supposed to be his son. Or was it the kid that was his like his girlfriend's kid? Is that who it is? Could be because it wasn't actually his son, right? It was uh, what the strippers, the say. strippers' son. Anyway, Picard it's was a, good. 
I recommend Picard. If you have uh, the ability to watch it, go ahead and watch it. It's it's a lot of fun. Oh, make I've started so. I've started Discovery, and that's really good too. I'm only two or three episodes in, but it's it's pretty good. I, I'm interested to see where where they go with it. And the the Klingons are definitely like bad. They're raw. The they're, rawest the Klingons have ever been. In Picard, there's lots of Romulans. It's it's a lot of Romulan action. So if you like Romulans, which are basically, if you don't know what they are, they're kind of like the evil Vulcans. So are they the ones that got the neck ears? Uh, it looks like gills kind of. Is that no, Romulans? no, no. They basically look exactly like Vulcans. They're just from a different planet. So they're like the rivals. Like, the like they split off gills. Vulcans, Romulans. I think they're from the same stock. But it's a lot of fun. You get you get some uh, Borg in there. I'll, I'll give you this little this little hint. Uh, they go to oh, to a, a, a Borg ship, and mm-hmm. they're doing they're doing what they call a reclamation project. So they're going in and they're uh, unassimilating the Borg, basically, and turning them into semi-functioning humans again. Huh. Which is pretty interesting. And there's a uh, lot. There's actually some weird. some some f bombs in Picard. If if you're worried about what? that, yeah. Like I, one of the reasons I wasn't on board with uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino doing a Star Trek movie like two years ago is because I was like, we don't need f bombs in a Star Trek movie. I mean, stand up comedy. I don't care. Whatever. It doesn't bother me. But they're already in there, so we might as well let Tarantino do one now. <laughs> it it is the. Uh, Picard doesn't say it. I think the worst word Picard says is he says, you're pissing me off. I feel <laughs> like Picard would say it. I don't think he did. I, I, at least I don't remember him saying it. But it's a, uh, it's saying, a really well-written like, show. I feel like the character would. It's written well. There's good acting in it. There's there's actually some good humor in it. I mean, Next Generation had some good humor in it. So there's there's more of that. I recommend it very highly. And Discovery, like I was saying, it's pretty good too. Uh, not not Oscar Isaac. Uh, Jason Isaacs is in it. He's pretty good. There's other people. You'll find it out. <laughs> Discovery. I'm only like two episodes in, so I can't remember everybody off the top of my head. Yeah, I've but been it's reading a lot of fun. kind of more than anything. I start. I've, <clears throat> I'm a little more than halfway through that Kids in the Hall book. Oh, nice. Pretty great. Pretty great. Um, I've been, TV-wise, I've been watching, uh, let's see, Cindy and I finished the most recent, I can't remember if we talked about this. Yeah, we probably did about that. We'd finished season three of Ozark. We finished our our second watch through A Witcher. And uh, I'm mostly on my off time, I've been watching Letterkenny, which, oddly enough, is kind of like, what if we took five Kids in the Hall sketches and made it made a series just about these five sketches living in the same hick town together. Yeah, I've had it uh, recommended to me, and I just haven't gotten to it. So it's a Canadian show, right? Yeah, it's a. I, I really enjoy. It. It's a little. It, it, it's difficult to penetrate. There, there's a lot. It's very slang heavy. <laughs> so there's there's comedy in it and you'll be laughing about it but you'll be spending part of the episode going like what are they even talking about what what vein of com- is it like awkward situations like it's always sunny or what kind of 
Um, is it like yeah, Trailer Park Boys, which I've never actually watched, but I know a lot of people it's love like it. A t- it's maybe like a tighter Trailer Park Boys. Okay. Because it's definitely, it's about a small town and sort of three or four factions of like some hicks, some hockey players, some goths. <laughs> What is a Canadian goth? (laughs) You're going to have to watch the letter Kenny. I've got to know that. (laughs) They just seem like a more pleasant, like maybe they just wear a lot of black. (laughs) They're, they're like six episode season. So it's, it's all pretty fast and loose, but it's fun. Oh, maybe I'll check it out. Letter. Uh, I forget the guy's name. You've probably seen the guy doing the, uh, the stand up bit about there being too many captain crunch cereals. Uh, I don't think I've seen that bit. Hey, I don't dude. know. Yeah, he's in it, and they they make a they make a joke about that bit that he has. <laughs> it's it's a fun show. It Very sounds likeable. fun. I recommend it, and you, you will find yourself. Uh, so here is a here is a bit of a disease that I have, Travis, which mm-hmm. is if I watch, it's not just an accent, but it is an it's an affectation. If I watch something with a specific affectation. I will have to spend the next like three or four hours trying to get myself to stop talking like that. Do you ever, do you ever have something like that? Yeah, all the time. It's, it's just kind of a fun thing and it's not, it's not anything that is meant to be rude or anything like that. You just hear, you hear a fun voice and it's like, that would be fun to talk like that. And you just, yeah, you just, it gets inside of you. That means their acting job did the job. No, it, it is excellent character work. And that's kind of why I say it's, it is a lot like a sort of, uh, it's like five factions that are just kids in the hall sketches, you know, just fun character or, you know, or even easily enough. Like if, if, you know, the church lady and, uh, living in a van down by the river, if they all lived in the same town, Matt their Foley. Stories would, yeah. And their, their stories would occasionally intertwine. It's sort of like that. And, you know, like kids in the hall did have, sort of a continuity to it. Some of the characters would show up in multiple things or show up together mm-hmm. in skits, but it wasn't, it wasn't the same as there is a con, uh, a very specific continuity to letter Kenny, but not, not so tight as, or, or it's not so tight as something like say, it's always sunny where there is, you know, there is a, a actual storyline going on. Right. But, yeah. The accent uh, thing, really digging it. just as, as an example, if anybody says the words temple of doom, I immediately start thinking, <laughs> well, no, it's short round. And it's not because I, I want to make fun of that accent. I just love short round and it's immediately in my head and I'm thinking it and I'm saying, don't say it out loud. Don't say it out loud because don't it is, it is guy. some people would be like, Oh, that's been, no, I just really love that character when I was a kid and I still love that character now. And it's fun to say no time for love. Dr. Jones. I just said it like I would normally say it. Things like that kind of in the in the lane of what I was telling you earlier about like Revenge of the Nerds is we grew up having no idea that Short Round was a bad call. I don't I think we've talked about this before, but I had friends that were of Asian descent and they loved Short Round. To them, they had finally had a character, also the same actor in Goonies. It's like, oh, there's a character in this movie that looks like me. There's a character that yeah. we, that talks like that me. That was that was you know there were similar feelings of Song in the South. It's you know like I don't want to get too into the weeds, but it's kind of like yes, 
we finally get to see someone like us on screen this person is a cartoon of who we are but it is at least someone who looks like us i think the sad thing about song of the south because i've watched it and we talked about it and i told you how boring it is but i kind of felt like they were trying to go with hey we're all alike you know your skin's different than mine but we still care about family and friendship but just it didn't work just so happens that your family owns my family (laughs) right well i mean they were free in the movie i'll give them that they just they worked there (laughs) i i think the opening song is how they're how they're grateful that they let i think the opening song is basically about how they're supposed to be grateful that the master lets them stay Mm, i don't remember that I, i i think they were all free and they just lived there in the movie i don't it obviously reality is different than what was in the movie but i i do think that they thought this is going to be great and people are going to appreciate this in 70 years and they just missed no 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 because i told you i listened to i listened to that like deep dive history on song of the south and they have excerpts of people who tried to tell walt disney hey you shouldn't be doing this thing And Walt Disney said, you're a communist. You're trying to stop me. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> yes, I think he talks like uh, Sean Connery. But... Ah, My name's Disney. Walt Disney. My head Disney. is frozen. I can see that woman's butt cheeks. Make her hair longer. They really should have had a frozen head in one of the Frozen movies. Wouldn't that have been sure. funny? You just see a little Disney, a little guy with a mustache. I don't think Disney has much of a sense of humor about itself. I think no, they're willing especially to make not jokes Walt's about head. themselves. <laughs> I think that they're willing. There's a difference between willing to make a joke about yourself and actually having a sense of humor about yourself. <laughs> and I don't think Disney has that sense of humor about itself. No, no, they really don't. Uh, hey, I, I wanted to ask you this: Have you seen Jay and Silent Bob reboot yet? No, no, it's on. It's on Amazon ones. Prime. I know. Oh, I know, Tra- Travis. I've I've spent I've spent upwards of twenty to thirty minutes in in you know on various nights looking at that that little thing, having the cursor hover over it and going, do I, do I want to know? Do watch I really it. Want to know? Watch it, and I'll watch it again, just because having a sense of humor about yourself is basically what that whole movie is about. It basically <laughs> is making fun of everything that. Uh, 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 Kevin Smith has ever done <laughs> every movie. It references every movie. Kevin Smith is actually in the movie as Kevin Smith and uh, uh, Silent Bob simultaneously, which is interesting. But they're two different people. It's it's fun. You get you get. Uh, I also uh, I also find and please I I'm so glad that he's healthy, but I find Kevin like skinny Kevin Smith disturbing. <laughs> it, it is different, but it's fun. Like when he's silent bob he's still wearing a big cloak so you can't really tell i think that's part of it also is that kevin smith lost a lot of weight but he still keeps wearing like way oversized clothes that's what he's comfortable with i get it give it a watch it's uh, it's fun to watch it makes fun of everything chasing amy clerks he wears when he's silent bob has the same proportion it makes him proportionally look like kingpin from into the (laughs) spider-verse it's probably the same coat he's been wearing for 25 years no, because at some point it morphed because in Clerks and in Mallrats, it's just a black coat. And at some point it became green and black. 
and I don't know where the and and uh, Silent Bob or Jay, I think it became yellow and black. Is that is that right? I can't remember. I I don't know. Wasn't Clerks black it's and always. white kind of? Well, yeah. I mean, it's not kind of. It is absolutely in black okay. and white, but you know, it's still just a black. He's just wearing black. Right. But uh, we'll give it a watch, and maybe we'll talk about it. Oh, I just, it is fun to watch. I don't know. I don't know if I can commit to that. It's a fun deep dive on Kevin Smith's entire career, basically, is what it is. So it's fun. It, it retraces everything he's done. It makes fun yeah. of uh, what was what was the Jersey Girl. Pokes a lot of fun at Jersey Girl. <laughs> did Kevin Smith? Ha- what did Kevin? What was his? I think he directed it, right? Did he? I don't I know. I think so. I guess I don't know. I. You got Ben Affleck in I've there. Seen... You got old uh, I mean, Jason. Uh, made, they've always made fun of uh, Affleck because uh, like one of their big things was is shouting, "Yo, you was the bomb in Phantoms." There's a Martha joke Affleck. that Affleck makes. He uh, he's he's talking about comic books at one point, and he goes, and then whatever uh, Batman and Superman's mom name was, or something. I can't remember exactly how they deliver it, but there's a mar a reference where obviously he knows the word Martha, and he kind of looks at the camera and breaks the fourth wall. <laughs> That's an interesting one. Do you think Ben Affleck has a sense of humor about himself? In this movie, he does. He definitely <laughs> he definitely delivers some lines. Uh, because he's playing the chasing Amy character. He's not playing Ben Affleck himself, but he is making yeah. fun of Ben Affleck in the movie a lot. Boy, chasing, chasing Amy was another movie that it's like, I, it kind of retcons meant- that a little too. Cause they do, they have a daughter together and she's off with, I think she's got a wife in the movie, but they're still really good friends and they're responsible parents for this daughter. Yeah. So it kind of retcons that, like he didn't he didn't save her from lesbianism, you know. Yeah, he that that's he meant well. I think he meant. I've talked about that that the '90s was an interesting time, at least for me developmentally, is because a lot of indie cinema was, you know, doing a lot of things with homosexuals. But so I felt like, wow, look, gays are people too, but they're also like mostly they're cartoons of themselves or. Stuff like Chasing Amy, where he means well, but the point is, I saved you from lesbianism. And the sad thing is that seems to be how things work. Is first you get a cartoon version of whatever group you belong to, and then eventually you actually get to be a real person. (laughs) I don't know. That's just Hollywood. They're simple-minded. They try to be all uh, above everything, but they're, they're just as backward as everybody else. They just pretend to be woke in public. <laughs> Hypocrites. So, oh, right. oh boy, I so I watched uh, I watched a Walter Matthau movie, Hopscotch. Hopscotch featuring. The, you, you said that about that. Like, uh, there's a part at the end where Walter Matthau is playing an East Indian person with a <laughs> turban. That was like, ooh, like think of. Have you seen the movie Who Is Harry Crumb? Uh, I've, I've seen parts of it when I was younger, have like you when seen, it was new. Have you seen that, that brown face thing that John Candy does in that movie? <laughs> no, I have not. Oh yeah. He plays an East Indian guy. I was going to say it's like that, but skinnier. What about a uh, short circuit? That was, uh, uh, you know, what was that guy's name? <laughs> Forrest something? Uh, no, you, you, it, it's, uh, <laughs> now that you said Forrest, I he was, Forrest he was married to Michelle that, Pfeiffer. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I can't remember his name. About. Yeah, I know absolutely who you're talking he about. He was he was basically live action of Pooh. 
<laughs> yes. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how Mathow played it. Well, it's so it's a spy movie. It, it, it's a a guy who is uh, high up in the CIA who is Walter Matthau, so he's all fast and loose about stuff, <laughs> uh, runs afoul of, like, he he doesn't, like, basically he kind of lets another spy guy from Russia who he's known for, like, 30 years, he kind of lets him off the hook <laughs> and is immediately, like, uh, kind of told that he has to retire by Ned Beatty. Ned Beatty? And Squeal in leaving... Like he sort of he leaves under bad terms and sort of uh, goes off the grid and starts writing a book. Um, hmm. And the book being about all of the things that he did while he's in the CIA. So is it a like comedy? Ned- yes, very much. Oh, okay. <laughs> he he sends a chapter to like everyone. Um, let's see, Fisher Stevens. That's Fisher Stevens. About. That's it. Yeah. What did I say? I said forest. <laughs> you said forest. <laughs> yeah. Which is, you know, I knew it was outdoorsy. When you say forest, I'm going to think of Forrest Whitaker. It's and that's all I can do. Outdoorsy name. But it's like he'll he'll send a chapter to like the Russians, the British, the Americans, and and there's like oh, Ned Beatty's like you know this hard boiled like oh he's embarrassing us we have to kill him oh and a <laughs> a uh, very young um, oh who's that guy on Law and Order who's on Grace and Frankie? Uh, I don't know. I I don't watch uh, Law and Order. Is it the guy that looks like Jerry Sloan? Yes. <laughs> I can't remember yes, his name, is. but I know who you're talking about. But he is like, so that's the funny thing is he looked so young in it, <laughs> but he's in, he's like 40. Wow. But it's still seeing him. It's, it's great. Like, like I said, like uh, Glenda Jackson's in it, uh, uh, you know, Ned Beatty. And then that dude whose name I'm skating on Sam Waterston. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a good, good actor one. name. Yeah, yeah. Like Walter Matthau. Dude, Matt, like, look. What did you find this movie on? Uh, on the Criterion channel. Oh, okay. I was just, I was skating around because Criterion is like all homework movies mostly. And, <laughs> and and don't get, hey, whatever, I'm up for that. But it's it's not like, it's not so much like a Netflix where you have a bunch of categories. They have collections. Like how I started watching a bunch of Kurosawa was uh, the Mifune's, uh, Mifune or whatever, his birthday. They had a collection of his movies. And like, so I was just looking through movies by year and I ran across a Walter Matthau movie that I hadn't heard of. I'm like, yes, yes. Like I, I love Charlie Varick. I love Bad News Bears. I love taking Pelham 1, 2, 3. Like, <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll go for it. And I'm telling you, if the only movie you've released, if your Walter Matthau knowledge is Grumpy Old Man and Beyond, like one, yeah, I get that. I get that, but you should avail yourself of his earlier work. Cause he's just, he is, he is so the kind of actor I love of, he is a dog faced monster <laughs> who is, he's just maximum charisma. It, it's like, there's nobody like him, that now. You watch him walk in at the start of the movie. And the thing is, is that, so he and Glenda Jackson are former lovers who are reuniting and, and it feels so, so good. She is so British and elegant and beautiful and they start flirting with each other and you go, yeah, I get it. He is so charming that he is so charming that he makes Walter Matthau like, yeah, he's, he's hot. He's actually hot. <laughs> he's he's smooth. so charming. He, he is. 
you like early in the movie, he walks into the, I think CIA and he just starts shooting off. He knows everybody it's, they make the character. So right of, he walks in, he knows everybody, everybody likes him. He's like, ah, what did you bet on the game? Ah, we're going to get you next time. Or he's like, Hey, how's your kids? <laughs> is, is Ellen's lumbago turning out? Okay. It's like, he knows everyone, he knows everything and they all love him. Hmm. And, and it's just like, that's the guy like, you know, I want to believe that's kind of who he was. Like you see grumpy old man or you, you know, you see those movies like, I, I, like, I think he's just kind of that guy. He's very charming. <laughs> right. And, and it's a really fun, I really enjoyed it. Oh, and it had, it had extras. It has a, like a slight documentary that he doesn't appear in, but it's fun hearing about like, they kind of had to, they had to massage him into it by putting his kids in the movie. Um, <laughs> You know, things like that. But uh, there is, was an interview with... Oh, excuse me. Go ahead. I was just going to say, is the Criterion... Is that a subscri- subscription? Yeah, it's a subscription channel. Oh, okay. I mean, pretty cool one if you're into, like, art house stuff, I guess. Yeah. It actually... I think in theory I'm into it. Stuff. And then I I think if I actually started flipping through it, I'd be like, this seems like work. I will say I'm way into the idea. I'm having a hard time parsing out what stuff I want to watch. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. So um, it has an interview of Walter Matthau on Dick Cavett, which it's, it is a train wreck of, for whatever reason, Dick Cavett just, I swear it's Dick Cavett. Right, like right now I'm getting embarrassed and wondering if it was really Dick I'm pretty sure it's Dick Cavett. It's always he's Dick Cavett. Not, he's not really on. And Walter Matthau, he comes out, first of all, he comes out with a cotton ball in his nose and in his ear pulls the cotton ball out of his nose and dunks it in the water that he has. Mm, that's not Corona friendly. And like, and like Dick Cavett's tr- kind of, he's just not even, he just doesn't even really have good questions, but my, my house just, all he's doing is me- he's making stuff up. He's messing with you. He starts talking about how uh, his co-star Glenda Jackson, like, you know, she gets on him cause he doesn't know his spelling. And like, she's, she's big into like botany and, you know, this guy who invented fuchsia and she wanted me to sell fuchsia. He goes, I tried. And I, of course I knew fuchsia spelled F U C K. Uh, I don't remember <laughs> the rest. I'm like, damn, Walter, you bring it Walter. Wow. But I will say that of something that I do really miss that I, I probably understand that like, there's so few people that are into it. And even me, it's since it's been gone, it's been harder for me to get into. It was like, I miss extras. I miss like con, I miss the great commentary tracks. Oh, I still do all that stuff because I still buy quite really? a bit on Blu-ray. Yeah. Do they still do that stuff even? Most yeah. of the time when I buy those, they don't have those kind of extras. Yeah. When I got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I burned through all of it. I haven't done that, the commentary yet. That I, makes... Okay. So Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it makes sense that uh, a one Quentin Tarantino would be all about having himself recorded, giving his opinion. I wanted a lot more, to be honest with you. There was there was yeah. some good stuff on there, but I wanted more. I think there's. Uh, have you, are, are you familiar with the podcast, The Rewatchables? No, I have not listened to it much myself, but I I am to understand there's run. It's just them. It's just deep dive movie stuff, and there are huh. there's like a three or four episode run where Quentin Tarantino is on, and it's supposed to be really good. Sounds good. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. You you brought you brought up the <laughs> Walter Matthau playing an Indian person. Uh, I've oh, been yeah. I've been watching. <laughs> it's at the very end of the movie and it's brief and like 
because it's very brief and I think he kind of gets yelled at about it. Yeah. Like I want to forgive it, but it's, it's <laughs> not a great look in a modern era. I've been watching the James Bond movies with my oldest son, Brady, cause he wants to watch them all before, uh, no time to die comes out or as I renamed it plenty of time to die. Anyway, yeah. we were watching you only live twice. You've seen that one. Have you? I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I've seen and what I haven't seen. So he didn't know anything about it. And when the scene happens that they start applying makeup to make Sean Connery look like he's Japanese, my son lost his mind. He's like, no, oh. no, no. And then he's hunched over. He's got like a Spock haircut. <laughs> and he's got these little things on his eyes oh, to yeah, make him slightly Japanese. <laughs> he's like, I can't believe they did that. I was like, well. <laughs> they did <laughs> you know my favorite my favorite very woke uh james bond quote is from uh goldfinger or is it the man with the gold yeah it's from goldfinger is the man talk man talk yeah yeah well my favorite is is actually in you only live twice and it's why do chinese girls taste different than other girls oh yeah yeah that's a good one. Oh boy it's the msg that's why <laughs> Known progressive Sean Connery. <laughs> All right. We should probably wrap this feller up. All right. Well, uh, you know what? Why don't you riff for a second? I'm going to open up and see if, uh, for whatever reason, someone got a hold of us at later to the tater at gmail.com. That's where you get your questions, your comments. Darn skippy. Hi. Uh, you can follow me at Travis Tate funny on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook. If you follow my Travis Tate comedian page, uh, whenever we do uh, the live streams at Wise Guys, uh, my page is linked onto that. All of the comics that are on there, uh, we've linked our comedian pages. So it kind of pops up on everybody's page to kind of get more people to watch it. And, you know, they're not the perfect comedy show, but they're fun. It's a distraction. Uh, we're all kind of writing some new jokes to try and get each other to laugh a little bit. So it's not necessarily the same stuff you've seen. Might maybe it's something you've never seen me do before. I, I did a little. I've I've been doing some impressions. I didn't do them on the last one, mostly because Marcus was in the crowd and I was self conscious because he's the impression guy, and mine are just kind of fun. They're not like Funsies. super good, so I didn't do any of that that show. But I'll probably do some on the next one. But yeah, check those Travis. out. That's all I got going on right now. I got no gigs. This is going to blow your hair back, but we did not receive emails. Ah, email is of the past. <laughs> Emails like yeah. letter mail. <laughs> We're on 5G mail. That's right. Hit me up. Hit me up. On, uh, slip into my DMs if you got any questions or requests or Ooh, suggestions. Very sexy. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just well, comics messaging me. <laughs> you know, we would. We uh, I forgot to last week. <clears throat> oh, Scar, sorry. Scarsguard. I would implore you. Scarsguardy. <laughs> uh, you, you ever Scarsguard uh, any of your furniture? Get the stain protection? Yeah, I, I bought a can of it one time. It worked okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it works so good, actually, you spill water on it, and it just you could just, like, just slap it off. Right off. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Travis. I don't want you slapping off right now. Scars guard your furniture. That's the name of this episode. Uh, so I forgot to last episode. I would implore you, uh, please. We would love it if you would go to your uh, primarily uh, Apple podcast. Give us a five-star review. Give us a one-sentence, or excuse me, five-star rating. Give us a one-sentence review. 
We would love to be more visible by other people. If you can't do that, I understand. Please tell a friend. Spread the word. We would love to be heard more. Again, with the email, we would love to do better. What else are you so, doing? you yeah. got nothing else to do. Give us five Just stars. quarantine feedback, baby. Get us, a, get us a sponsorship. Yeah. Maybe we can do Blue so, Chew commercials. Yeah. Hey, oh, boy. Uh, took a Blue hey. Chew. <laughs> uh, at hey, least I got somewhere to hang my hat. Oh. 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 Just a little sample of what you could get if you sponsored our podcast. <laughs> So, with that in mind, for getting it up when you're not feeling like it out there, this has been Late to the Party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake. And I'm Travis Tate, and better Tate than never.